Don Rahul Jimenez. How amateur is that? Like, you don't even see that down in the park. If they, if they lose, it provides great content. I am supporting every team that plays break. I'm not making a documentary this year about how shit my club is. Mudman, thank you as always. Who would you rather lose it to, by the way, me or Johnny? That's somebody's choice. <laughs> Good evening, welcome back to the Football Babble. Phil here, um, just the three of us on this week, no Steve uh, and no uh, Darth Mud, Cousin Mud. Uh, they're not available for selection this week, they're suspended. Uh, so it's just myself, Brenton, hello Brenton. Hello. And the brain, Patrick, hello Patrick. Good evening, folks. Um, we're all we're going to chat about the European draws in the Europa League and the Champions League. Obviously, the ramifications and potential matchups that that could pose. Uh, we'll talk about this weekend's football: Chelsea march on in the FA Cup. Manchester United do not. The Man City and Chelsea next. So happen Leicester next. So tasty ties in the next round. And then, and he's not on tonight, but Arsenal an unbelievable comeback. Uh, in the league, so we'll possibly touch on that uh, and whatever else pops up as well this week. Um. Man, we will we'll we'll talk about the European draws first if that's okay, because uh, they're quite big obviously this week. <clears throat> now our clubs Liverpool and Chelsea could meet, and we'll look at that. But Brent, I'll get you go first as the Chelsea fan. What did you make of the draw? Happy enough with Porto, and then the potential round afterwards, or what do you make of it? Yeah, uh, first thing I'll say is uh, uh, those two boys probably suspended due to the the chicken talk last week uh, at the start at the top of the pod. That's probably why they've not been available for selection. Um, but yes. yeah, um, good good draw for Chelsea, like a, a, as good as it can be in the quarterfinals of of the Champions League. Like, um, I think everyone was talking before the draw about um, you know whoever gets Porto will be happiest. Um, whether that's a good attitude to have, I don't know. Like, I, I think when, when Tuchel was asked about it in his press conference later on that day, he said, you know, ask them in Turin how they feel about, um, saying Porto's an easy draw. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's no doubt though that if you stay professional and you stay, you know, uh, alive to the threat that, that Porto can cause you, um, Chelsea, Will be favourites to go through. Um, I think the way the way Tuchel's got Chelsea playing now is um, quite probably similar to how Porto played against Juventus and how they came through that um, that round of sixteen. It was just being defensively solid, and so I, I don't know if there will be too many goals uh, in that tie overall, but um, hopefully. Hopefully Chelsea's quality will will shine through at the top end of the pitch. We we uh, signs that Havertz and Ziyech certainly starting to turn on form. So um, hopefully we'll continue to see that after they get a hopefully a bit of a rest. And then what do you make of the potential semi-finals? Mm. I mean, you could you could either be welcoming Eden Hazard back to Stamford Bridge. Well, he won't be fit. It could well, or it could be 2005, 2007, 2008, and I can't remember the other one all over again. Yeah, um, 
It would be nice. It would be nice to to have a Chelsea Liverpool like selfishly for this pod. Yeah. Um, alone, but um, yeah, that would be um that certainly. I mean, the Real Madrid Liverpool tie looks a tasty one too. Um, among the other two, Man City Dortmund and and Bayern PSG especially, but. But Real Madrid Liverpool is is a tough one to call as well. Liverpool this season, obviously we know of other struggles, but they, you know, if anything, they've looked good in this competition. And obviously there'll be the the Salah Ramos narrative um, in the backdrop of that one. I'm sure it'll be talked a lot about in the lead up to that. But both those teams on their day um, can can cause the other problems. Um, we've seen. Real Madrid have had struggles in the league this year as well. So if Liverpool's sort of front players are firing, um, I can see them just edging that. Especially some of the players coming back. I think you were saying to me, Henderson should be back, and um, obviously Jada's coming back, getting his fitness, and he's looked in decent form. Um, so yeah, if they can keep keep Madrid quiet at the other end, I know that's especially Benzema seems to be hitting a bit of form now too. Um, good in the, in the last round so uh, that'll be tight another great game looking forward to watching all these games yeah what did, what did you make of a party when, when it was drawn and we got Liverpool sorry uh, got Real Madrid yeah I, I suppose like like a lot of fans I was looking Porto because on paper it's the most straightforward tie I know they had had a pretty magnificent uh Round of sixteen went over Juve, but you'd fancy yourself against against the Portuguese team and Liverpool have absolutely slapped them a couple of times uh, in the last few years as well. So I was keeping fingers crossed for them, and if I couldn't get them, I was sort of hoping for Borussia Dortmund. Uh, despite their attack and flair, I think they're pretty fallible at the back. Seem to ship a lot of goals per form in the league. So they were sort of the two, and obviously Chelsea and City got them respectively. But other than that. Uh, Real Madrid were probably the the next one that I would have taken. It'll be nice nice to face them. Always a glamorous tie. Hopefully get a bit of revenge for twenty eighteen. Um and I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. I think Real Madrid you know, obviously their their success, what was it, four Champions Leagues in five years was unbelievable, but still have a lot of those players. Um and a lot of those players are, are sort of getting on, you know, Kroos, Modric, Casemiro Modric's 35 now, he's still a great player, but he probably doesn't have the legs, and Kroos maybe isn't the player that he was. So you'd fancy, hopefully, a high-energy midfield of Liverpool's, of Henderson, Fabinho and Thiago, possibly for that game, to, to give them a, a decent game and hopefully set a bit of a platform for for the front three. So I'm pretty hopeful. Um, Real Madrid, obviously, have been in great form in the league lately and have picked up massively and, and as Brendan mentioned Benzema is on fire like looks pretty evergreen um, so he'll be a handful and, and if they're going to play any of the, the speedsters on the wing either Vinicius or Rodrigo they'll keep they'll keep Trent and, and Robbo on us but it'll be a good game I, I do I fancy our chances to go through and, and probably set up a, a semi-final against against Chelsea so that could be very very interesting uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I don't. I. I wasn't really as as a fan. Like I. I wasn't really bothered who Liverpool got. This is like, the last sixteen is 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 grand. Like it's. It, you know, look, we went out last year at Atletico Madrid, but obviously we got through this year against Leipzig. But when it gets to the quarterfinals, there's definitely a buzz then. 
Do you know what I mean? The last 16 almost yeah. feels like another preliminary round, if that makes sense. And I don't, I don't mean to be disrespectful, as I said. We got put out of it, rightly so, last year against Atletico Madrid. But when you get the quarterfinals, it feels like you're at the business end of it now. <clears throat> Do you know what I mean? It feels like it's the, the, the magnifying glass sharpens and it just feels like everything's going to sort of a bit tenser. And to get drawn and get Real Madrid's name pulled out of the hat, I was, this might sound silly in three weeks, four weeks' time, but I was delighted. Um, we owe a certain centre half from Real Madrid one and I hope the whole game is built around it I hope it's built up in the absolute frenzy and, and then Mo, Mo Salah slaps three past Real Madrid and Liverpool go through I, I really hope and I hope the Liverpool squad feed on that and feed on what happened in Kiev I'm not just talking about <clears throat> the injury obviously to Mohamed Salah I'm talking about just the experience to get beat 3-1 and lose a European final and then the whole thing afterwards I, I really hope Liverpool draw on that and I think they might judging by what sort of been coming out already and how people have been seen to be happy within the squad with getting that draw. So it sets it up unbelievably for a cracking a cracking quarter final tie. And the Chelsea well, potential Chelsea semi final on the horizon is class, obviously um, for us, for the podcast, uh, like my brother-in-law and my father-in-law are two Chelsea men who are trying to hijack my son's football life and make him a Chelsea fan, and that's not going <laughs> to happen now. Um, we've already been planning myself and Finn our attack, but so that's class. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I've set it up now for Porto and Real Madrid to go through, but um, I, I'm really, really excited. Really excited. All the ties look class. I think Porto and Chelsea is a brilliant tie. Like both teams. Shown like if they get in front, you're in trouble. Um, Pat, I can just send a Breton offer at the weekend there. That, like, you can just imagine Porto Goldman 1 0 up early on and Pepe just defending for his life, like he did in Turin, and it just being chaos. And like Dortmund against Man City, that's like, yes, please. Haaland at, at, at the Etihad. And then you've repeated last year's final. So it, it really is, I was shaping up a brilliant Champions League run. and I can't call it who I think is going to win. I know people have their favourites, but I'm not. I'm not sure who I think is going to win it this year. I have a, a question for you two, really. Um, Liverpool, you, use, use, boys. Um, <laughs> Liverpool, obviously, um, at the minute sitting in sixth. Um, mm. It's very tight for the top four. Um, but obviously, it's international break now. When we come back, Liverpool have Arsenal um, on. Sunday the 4th and then the Real Madrid games on the Tuesday um, mm-hmm. and then they have another tough game against Villa uh, that weekend and then Real Madrid again and then they play Leeds after that Yeah, can you see Klopp kind of favouring one competition over the other there? Um, because I'll go first Patrick because, because we are still quite light um, especially defensively, uh, I'm not. I, uh, I, I can, yeah, I can, I can see him trying to favour the, the Champions League now because you don't win a trophy for fourth. You, you can't obviously get back in into the Champions League, which is the main thing. But you could get back back in by winning the game, which would be much better. But I, I think he might. I think you might see it like a few players potentially rested in one or two of those games. I don't know what you make, Paddy. Hard to know. Uh, at the minute, it looks like top four is uh, unlikely. Um, but I still think, you know, you hear people say, oh, I'd rather not qualify for any European competition at all. And, and if you bomb it and finish seventh or eighth, is that going to be good for next season? I don't think Liverpool will work like that. Liverpool no. will want the money, Europa League money. 
So, yeah. uh, especially because, <clears throat> um, you know, they do sort of work quite sustainably and they seem frugal enough. So, I I can't see them. I can't see them um, rotating too much, especially with the injuries. I think it'll be good to continue to play if it's Quebec and Phillips. Just keep on giving them games, getting them used to each other, um, and, and and there might be a better rotation. You know, you might see Jaller and Firmino switch about, or or Kaida coming in the midfield. But I can't see wholesale changes. Um, I think they'll sort of try try as hard as they can in both. I think what's what's interesting in terms of Liverpool's draw is that uh, so the play uh, obviously playing Real Madrid in between the two the two legs, um, Real Madrid play Barcelona, and I think mm. that's really really helpful in that they have a absolute colossal game in the middle. They're in a three way race for the title right now, and even if they weren't, uh, and El Clasico was in El Clasico, so they'll have their full team out for that. It's not like they're playing, you know. Getafe or someone that they can maybe get away with it. So uh, I think that's, Barcelona that's right now as well. So yeah, yep. So long like good. Absolutely. Um, something that just cropped in or popped into my head whenever uh, I think it was Philly mentioned Pepe there, um, and I know Philly, you are an absolute advocate of of football shithousery. So. My question to to both of you guys is: If there was a shithouse university, who is whose first class honors? Who who are your Me? number one shithouses? Um, <laughs> That's a really good question. Like Pepe's in there for sure. Like Ramos as well. A hundred percent. Ramos is in. Um, Luis Suarez. Luis Suarez. Oh. Um, we'll, we'll, pick, we'll try to pick eleven here. We'll, we'll try to pick eleven. So, um, Ramos. Suarez, Pepe, Diego Costa, um, yeah. Jamie Vardy. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that's five. Um, right, let me see. Scott Brown. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Morelos. Alfredo Morelos. <laughs> Fucking, what do you, so apologies, Christian, but he went and sell it, he went and told the, the, um, <laughs> He went. What did he tell the, the the flag to be quiet or something today? When 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 he scored or something stupid? I, I think he. I think I saw him holding up the 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 ten as in the ten in a row. Was that what he was doing? And then something, doing the shush. Something like that. Uh, ten empty stadium like what? Is oh I don't know. Um, I have, yeah. I have a name for you. Um, Diego Manuel Adebayor. Oh, Adebayor, yes. For the, the celebration, the knee Solely for that celebration. <laughs> Maradona. Um, Obviously, yeah. Have you a keeper? Have a shit house keeper in mind? Um, Schmeichel. Which one? <laughs> uh, senior. He was a bit of a shit house. Joe Hart. Yeah. Uh, Grobelar was. The, he was also shit house to Pickford. Yeah. Yeah. He's, al- he's almost not good enough, like though. No, he's not. He doesn't deserve playing that team. Um, Diego Simeone's your manager, obviously. Oh yeah. Uh, one more to pick, I think. Gattuso, something like that. <laughs> oh yeah. Actually, no, definitely. Yeah. Gattuso. Um, that's quite quite a tasty team, though. And Sergio Busquets, he he frustrates me a lot whenever I watch Barcelona. He loves to throw himself down whenever somebody comes anywhere near him. Yeah, so they're top we'll, class now. We'll we'll get people to actually maybe make suggestions. Yeah, um, I I'm not. Someone can come up with a proper. I would well, run through brick walls for that side. 
<laughs> I wouldn't want. I wouldn't want to play it. I'm not sure. I, I Here, you know who I forgot? Yes. This this might this might annoy um, Brendan John Terry. Oh, absolutely. I was trying to think <laughs> of a centre half. I couldn't think of. Yes, that's oh, that, that doesn't annoy me at all. <laughs> Here, like John Terry and Cristiano Ronaldo. Who do you think would ride themselves first? John Terry. <laughs> John Terry would. He'd ride himself for. 26 minutes and then look for a round of applause. <laughs> or 25. Is it 25 or 26? I can't remember what number he was. 26, 26. That was the single most self-centered, narcissistic I can't believe it. football. I remember, because I wasn't watching the game, and I remember looking at live score. Oh, John Terry's off injured in his last, last game. Jeez. Really early as well. Well, that's a disaster for him. Little, little did you know that he orchestrated it himself. Asked, was it Stoke, possibly, to kick the ball out? Or whoever they were playing, oh, absolutely, as if wearing shin pads to to lift the the Champions League whenever you're suspended <laughs> isn't bad enough. That was worse. Does it uh, does it say something about my personality that Terry and Ronaldo are two of my all time favorite players? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, that's class. But but uh, as a as a Chelsea fan, I absolutely lapped that twenty six minute thing up. Like, <laughs> oh, I, I you would like and everyone did. I think I think we watched that together. Probably have a vague memory of that. Because, how, uh, how was that? Re- how was that received amongst the Chelsea fan base, Brendan? Obviously, it was widely panned by neutrals. But like, was there any oh, no. sort of? Murmurings nope. within Chelsea. It was bad. No, no way. Uh, legendary. It was. It was. Um, it was like a fitting send off in Chelsea fans' um, minds. To be fair, um, AC got a send off. Jared got thumped six one by Stoke. You know what I mean? Was that his last game? Yeah. Yeah. I remember walking through um, uh, Belfast with Sir at the time. I wasn't watching the match, and my phone kept beeping. It was like three one, four one, five one. I was like. What the f is going on? And somehow Roger still stayed in the job till October. Um, <laughs> the, the other draw, uh, gentlemen, uh, was the Europa League draw. Now, Arsenal and Manchester United safely through. Good win for United away in Milan to come through and they place Granada next. Um, and obviously Arsenal got Slavia Prague, was it? Yeah. Yeah, he was, yeah, sorry. One team, well, there's two teams range went out to Slavia Prague, and obviously there was some horrible scenes there. Pardon me towards Glenn Kamara, um, by one of the Slavian Prague midfielders whose name's going around my, my head here, but hopefully retribution, right retribution is done about that. Um, horrible stuff again involving Slavia Prague, it seems, and racial abuse, but there was another team in the Europa League, men, that, uh, oh boy, did they, did they shoot themselves in the foot in Croatia? Tottenham Hotspurs and the history of them yet again, Brenton, uh, came to the fore. I mean, yeah, this was it, it was one of those ones that um I wasn't actually tuned into the game because I thought two 0 from the first leg, there's no threat of <laughs> Tottenham not going through. I'm not gonna sit and watch them, um, you know, uh, get a handy uh, away a win. Oh boy. I was alerted to it by a certain um, cousin Mud. Um, <laughs> I think when it went two nil, um, and that was well, about ten minutes ago. Um, Tottenham looked like they, they looked like they were going to lose the game in normal time. Um, the 
just about clung on. Um, but in extra time, it, it was all about Dynamo as well. Like they were the ones threatening. They were the ones always looking to score until after they got their goal, and then Spurs finally thought, "Hang on a minute, here we're going out." Um, but Orsic hat trick was one of the best in in modern times. He was inspired on the night and Dynamo deserved to go through. Tottenham were awful and I think it was kinda there was wee hints of it in the in the interviews after the game. I think um both Mourinho and uh Hugo Rice gave like eight or nine minute interviews each and um they were you know you can feel that there's a, a fallout or potential fallout or something going on behind the scenes um, because uh, certainly in, in Larissa's interview, he was nearly, he, he was nearly, you could feel he wanted to call certain players out. We've seen that uh, the, um, <clears throat> the, the mentality isn't good enough and the um, things going on in the club and the, and the way the, and, it was hard to kind of size up whether he was having a go with Mourinho when he, when he sort of said the way that we're set up means we're, we're playing like this. Uh, the way the club's set up, I think he said. Um, so, uh, you know, he could be talking about Mourinho there. He could be talking about behind the scenes. or But one of the big things, and I think we highlighted after on our Twitter feed, was for, for Harry Kane now, like he must be thinking uh, that's like two two or three seasons in a row now where obviously Champions League final but um they've got to the latter stages of, of competitions and they, they just they don't ever look like they build momentum into uh you know the the closing stages of, of a mm-hmm. big cup competition. They they seem like they go the opposite way and they never even look like they're gonna win it. Probably the Champions League final was the closest they've come they were coming into a bit of form but uh, obviously Liverpool just were on a different plane at that stage um, so yeah it's it's absolutely disastrous and now if they finish outside the top four um, I, I don't see any advantage of keeping Mourinho in that job I mean someone like Addy Howe would probably be better well it, it, it's crazy that like like you Brandon uh, whenever you know, you saw that they basically had a two-goal head start. Like Mourinho had a two-goal lead to protect in Europe against like a mediocre, uh, obviously a mediocre side from Croatia. Uh, it's I can't believe that they managed to throw that away. Like that is his meat and drink. Like it's like Jamie Oliver forgetting how to boil an egg or Pavarotti <laughs> forgetting how to sing. Like that that is what he does, and he still fucked it up. Um, and just there's clearly a real disconnect there in the squad. Obviously, Lloris was coming out, sounds like there's some disharmony in the squad. Kane seems kind of, it's kind of suspicious by his his sort of uh, absence. He's not talking as much in the media, at least to my mind. Um, he's, he sort of doesn't seem to be as, as present. I don't know if he's maybe, um, you know, looking across, looking across London or looking up to Manchester and thinking, that, can I go anywhere here? But Chelsea, or sorry, Spurs. This is something that struck me from their all or nothing documentary, and I don't know if I mentioned this before. In that documentary, they really talk about being Champions League finalists a lot, a lot, and and that that is a mindset. They were happy to have been there, and 
yeah, like it's a great achievement, don't get me wrong, but but that was there. They really had a hangover from that. And the way, obviously, Liverpool lost the, the Champions League the year before they won it, uh, and it sort of drove them on, it, Spurs just seemed to, to, to completely capitulate. And for them to see that as the, the achievement, we were Champions League finalists. And you hear Levy talk about it, and you hear the players, we were Champions League finalists. That, that psychologically has to change. You need to put that to bed and start thinking, well, I'm going to be Champions League you know, winner or I'm going to be a FA Cup winner or whatever. And even down to, I think we put it in our group, on the Spurs website, they're selling Carabao Cup finalist t-shirts already. Yeah. Like, like that is a mindset. Like, uh, you know, I don't know. It, it's just something that, that fundamentally has to change within that club. Mourinho has done classic Mourinho in that he has, uh, you know, there's a bounce earlier on this season. looked like everything was going well. The signings were bedding in. Hoiberg was, was playing well. He had Ndombele firing. Kane and Son looked absolutely unplayable. They were top of the league for a time. It was all smiles in the training ground. He was using social media to, like, you know, promote this sort of harmony and fun and everything. And he was he was back on, he was back on the, the sort of... Uh, you know, getting the love of all the, the media and things again, which had deserted him as he sort of became such a toxic presence at some of his last clubs. But he's just reverted to type. And this is what Mourinho does now. Um, and I don't know what, what your feelings on Mourinho are, maybe particularly from his, his second spell at Chelsea are, Brendan. But this just seems to be what he does now. And he's probably better just, well, I don't think he's going to last at Spurs, no matter if they win the League Cup or not. Just go and manage Portugal at some stage and, and work on TV because... Him as an elite European football manager is gone, in my mind. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really good point about um, managing Portugal. Um, because even the way they played when they won the Euros would have suited Mourinho. Um, they kind of sh- sh- sort of, not shithouse their way through it, but like they ground out results and hung on and sort of relied on Ronaldo a bit. And... Um, it wasn't like they played flair football the whole way through when when they won that competition. Um, it was more just getting through each game, and and you could see Mourinho going in there, and if he has time to work in between international breaks and um, get to know the players and and prepare, you know, for one off games like that, because even when he was. In bad spells at, at his second spell at Chelsea and his, on his spell at United, he always seemed to be able to get you know the best out of players for certain big one-off games. Um, and in a league, that's not enough because you need to be winning consistently. And um, he didn't do that um, with with Chelsea the second time on United. Um, but you could see that working, that style of management working in, on the international scene. So I think that's that's a really good shout. That would suit him. I think he's probably done um, at this level of, of uh, club football. Um, certainly, uh, I can't see any sort of... He never really seems to have revivals at clubs. I can't see any anything good happening now for Spurs uh, next season, um, especially with the likes of... Kane probably looking elsewhere. Um, Mourinho, if he didn't have Kane, would would be in big big trouble next season. It, it feels like I know he went on to win a few things afterwards. Like he went, he won. I think he won maybe one La Liga. 
with uh, Real and then he came back to Chelsea didn't he won another league title with Chelsea but that treble side at Inter which over here uh, we don't talk about enough um, like how unreal that was to win a treble and win it with Inter Milan um, but obviously in Atlanta I listen to enough Italian football or whatever because I'm into it it is mentioned quite a bit and it's referenced a lot especially this year because Inter are back and being successful but that sort of treble phase like he just hit that and peaked Took the Real Madrid job on because it was Real Madrid and he always seen Destin to manage Real Madrid. Got caught up in that wonderful time that it really was unreal that him and Pep going at each other in, in Madrid and, and the massive games that were happening. But Pep got the upper hand really, if you're honest, like it, what he won over it. Comes back, wins yes another tight with Chelsea and then just completely soured everything that he had with Chelsea when he goes <laughs> to Manchester United. Um. And he hasn't, he's, like, it's just, fe- he's been on the way. And Pat, that's a really good point, Paddy, a potential uh, international manager. I'm not sure if he'll go straight to Portugal. He, he might end up at, like, as a, as a Brazil coach, or he could even take over if Mr. Waistcoat Head, um, uh, Brexit here in the Euros. He, he could, you know, eventually you could see him maybe Manchester England or something. You know, remember the top like Capello did the same thing and he took over. So, yeah, I, I think as a top level club manager, I, I agree. Like I, I don't think we'll ever see him win the big one again. I'd be very surprised if I saw him at the front winning league titles in one of the top five major leagues again, and uh, winning winning the European the Champions League again. He could go to PSG. I don't think it's like, but yeah, it's it sort of feels like his powers at club level are, are certainly diminishing, and um, he was what what he is, one of the ultimate shit houses, but. I just could never warm to him, despite what he's done at other clubs. Um, just never. People were saying, "Oh, he would have been perfect for Liverpool," and he almost did get a Liverpool job. But I'd have ended up hating him <laughs> and wanting him rid of him. Like I just couldn't couldn't cope with him. So yeah, I don't think he would be perfect at Liverpool either. No, I, I never thought he would. The, been, the opposite. But, yeah, but there was a time it was between him and Rafa Benitez, and that's where the Rafa Benitez and a Mourinho thing stemmed from the. The fallout was because Liverpool chose Benitez instead, um, and uh, Mourinho ended up at um, at Chelsea, and he well he did quite well, didn't he? So, um, yeah, it's, it's I, I, and I, I don't even think you'll see this season at Spurs the way things are going. Like if, for toxic, if they take a hammer in tonight, I don't know the score. I think it's still nil nil. Yeah. They take a hammer in tonight, and then there's obviously an international break. And I'm not sure when the League Cup final is, but I, I don't I don't know if he, he could end up not seeing the full season out at Spurs and then moving him on and, and going on. And this could be we could have a podcast in a couple of weeks talking about potential new Spurs manager. I know you mentioned Eddie Howe. I think somebody mentioned Eddie Howe. Yeah, there's a the Leicester manager. <laughs> like yes, Leicester are currently higher than Spurs, and they've won a league title more recent than obviously Spurs have, but. Like it, it wouldn't wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if Brenton Rogers very soon was Tottenham Hotspur manager. Can't see it. Mm. I, I don't know. Would you want to go there <laughs> with a position Leicester and say you know say they go and win an FA Cup, finish in the top four? Mm. Your your squad is probably in a much better position and and I think it all really depends on on Kane, doesn't it? Like and then whether yeah, that, um, that kind of um, triggers more players to leave uh, this sort of jumping off a second ship like but um, Spurs have a I think they have a, a tough run in as well so uh, I mean 
you say he could be gone before the end of the season. Yeah, they could be well out of the out of the um, top four race, and who knows what they'll do in in the league cup final. Like a, I know certainly Jerry won't want to see them win it, like, but it'd be nice to stop Man City winning some sort of treble if they're going to try and do that. Like that decision, uh, whatever it came to 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 part ways with Pochettino, just seems dumber by the day. Like. I know. Yeah. I know. We sort of stumbling a little tiny bit here with PSG, and I mean they play Lyon in uh, eight minutes in a massive game in France tonight. And if they win that, I think they go joint top of the league. But like, all they have to do is give them time. Like, Pochettino reserved the chance to have a little bit more time at Spurs, and maybe was, I don't know. We don't really know the ins and outs of what went on, but he should, in my opinion, anyway, he should still be Tottenham Hotspur manager, and they'd be in a much better position than they're in now. They'd have a happier squad. Um, who knows what they could have went on to do because he got so close to winning league titles and Champions League final as well. He just felt they were all, they were very very close to making that next step, and I think he would have been the man to do it. But I mean, I'm glad, Baldy <laughs> Spurs fans, that they didn't because you know I wanted Liverpool to want to win things. But um, it is what it is. Uh, the the Europa League draw though, a couple of tasty ties. It set it up as well that we could have an all English final, which would be class. Uh, not selfishly, obviously, for the podcast to see Johnny and JD talk about a potential Champions or Europe League final between themselves, but just be nice as well for the build up over here. But we'll see how that goes. Um, the Premier League was. We'll talk about the FA Cup in two seconds. But there was a game in the Premier League today that I think has been game of the season so far: West Ham and Arsenal. And this is there's been four games in the Premier League where a team has come back from three 0 down, and three of them have happened this season. Um, West Brom against Chelsea that one today and the other one has just slipped my mind I can't remember what, what it was but I'll probably remember it after the podcast but there's been three this season anyway what did you make of this afternoon's game because it was unbelievable you can go oh, ahead absolutely oh sorry no go ahead it was absolutely superb like really really enjoyed enjoyed the game definitely one of the best games I've seen this season as well Um, you know well the first sort of half hour on, on the radio, sort of the period of dominance from West Ham, and uh, and then saw the rest of it. But it sounded like Lingard was was absolutely unplayable. Um, Antonio just being his physical self and uh, and bullying people, and yeah, just a brilliant game. And I thought um, I thought Arsenal were absolutely brilliant in the second half. They were they were so uh, incisive. They were trying things. Nice little one twos. I thought Odegaard was class. I thought everything sort of was going through, and they were giving him the ball. Uh, you know, playing in that sort of Ozil type type of role, and I thought he was just so intelligent with the ball, the way he dropped his shoulder, spins, spread, knowing when to spread it, knowing when to feed it into feet. I thought he was class, and I, I, although he don't, I don't think he had anything tangible. I don't think he scored or, or had an assist, but I think he was just the best player on the pitch. Uh, and no man of the match went to Calm Chambers because he was he was sort of playing like Pete Cafu uh, Carragher was saying, and he was bombing forward and putting in some really dangerous balls across the six yard box. But uh, for me, I thought Odegaard was was fantastic, and if, if Arsenal can make that a permanent signing, uh, I think they'll they're, they'll have a good one. What did you make of it, Brenton? Absolutely agree. Odegaard was was by far the standout player on the pitch. I think it's almost damaging Arsenal how good he is playing, because <laughs> um, Real Madrid will no doubt be seeing that and think, well, why could he not do that for us? Let's Let's bring him back. Um, <clears throat> but he just seems to fit into that, that team so well. 
to look for him. I, I mean, I don't know what happened to Arsenal in the first sort of half an hour. Um, West Ham just kind of, I, I don't know if Arsenal maybe expected West Ham to be as forthcoming. Um, but if they'd have seen West Ham at any stage of the season, they, they have, are a team that have confidence and have been um, not afraid to sort of take on these so-called bigger teams. Um, the Lingard's finish was superb for the first goal. Um, and then it was Lingard as well. Quick thinking, Arsenal just switched off for the for the Bowen goal. Bad from from Leno to let it under his arms. Um, and then the Suchek one as well, just not uh, just not really strong enough in the air. Arsenal they looked weak all over the pitch, a wee bit tired maybe. Um, but obviously, our, um, they got that kind of lifeline before the second half. The lack of that, it was a great strike. I think it was going wide. It hit Suchek and went in, but. Um, obviously Arteta got into them then at half time and they came out from the word go Arsenal and they were, they were very very good you, you could see goals coming from all over the place and as Paddy said Odegaard just got into the game I think he had um, three pre-assists somebody said today um, which is the pass yeah. before the assist um, which you know I I think is a pretty good stat I would like to see those stats more Um because you know when you're involved in the game, you, you don't always get the assist like that. Sometimes that key pass is the one right before the assist. But because he, he was brilliant, like he was just dropping into wee pockets in front of the West Ham back four, and the Arsenal centre halves were coming out a wee bit brave on the ball and and trying to find like wrap a pass into him in between the lines. Him and and Lacazette as well. Lacazette was dropping a wee bit deep to to pick up some of those balls and. They were playing some nice triangles in there. Because um, actually, like I said, I thought was was very good in the second half too. He he held a lot of ball up and um, brought other other players into it, especially Chambers, who who was great on on the right hand side. And he was firing in some unbelievable balls. But it was probably like it was an unbelievable game. He couldn't take your eyes off it, especially in the second half. Um, and then West Ham missed a couple of chances too. Like Antonio just got his toe onto one, hit the post, and. Tierney made a couple of good blocks at one stage. It was it was just chaos, but it was it was brilliant. It's what you love to see. It had been brilliant if there was fans there, like too. So hopefully we'll get them back soon. Uh, Lingard as well. Like he's just come. He's, he's arrived at West Ham, and all of a sudden he's better than what we what we saw when he was at Man United. Like he looks like he looks an unbelievable player. And he's, he's got his England call up as well, which I know he was but delighted for and, and fair play to him for that. Like, but he. He's such like I'm glad we're not playing West Ham again as a Liverpool fan because when they're running we don't have them again because you just know he's going to cause you problems. He looks he looks like he's he's just found his form even better form than what I've seen and again he was just a threat constantly today. Um, as well, Paddy like on Odegaard and and Brenton like class what what a footballer. Um, I, I'm not this is the footballer that was at Sociedad. Um. The one that they absolutely raved about and loved and adored, and and he's brilliant. And then for whatever reason, and it could be something as simple as the aura of the the Real Madrid badge and the pressure. You hear this sometimes. People would always mention it when Liverpool signed the goalkeeper until they signed Allison. Even under Pepe Arena, people would have said there's a there's a real weight on that goalkeeping jersey when you're standing in front of the cup. And Arena was great, and then obviously you saw what happened towards the end of his time at Liverpool. Things were starting to happen. Mignolet, Carius never really did it. Other goalkeepers down the line, Westerfeld, 
Dudek, even though Dudek had that Istanbul moment, people were always talking about him being upgraded, and it was just the pressure, the pressure that people were saying about having this jersey. That might be the thing that Odegaard maybe feels or felt when he was at Real Madrid, that just wearing that all-white jersey, the iconic top, biggest club in world football, and it just sort of maybe got on top of him, and then he goes to Arsenal, another big club in world football, not obviously as big as Real Madrid, who he is, but he's starting to express himself, and it could be as well the fact of no fans, there's no real pressure on from them, and if Arsenal can hold on to him for next season, they'll be delighted. Yeah, I think I think you're right about the the pressure at a, at a club like Real Madrid. Like he went there when he was about 16, and yeah. I think he went there and he was you know the most talked about teenager in world football. He was going into a, a changing room of serial winners. Like um, I think they might have just won the Champions League, possibly the season that he signed, or. Mm-hmm. Uh, that first Champions League possibly I'm not, not entirely sure but he signed around then and he was going into this changing room with people we've mentioned already today like you know, Ronaldo and, and, and Modric and, and Kroos and whatever and uh, yeah like it must be really intimidating he was going in 16 and being talk, talked up and a kid from a wee town in Norway or whatever and it's taken a few loans for him really to fulfil his potential Sociedad he, he looked unbelievable at times and uh, yeah, he's maybe just found found a home now. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. But you see that lots of those sort of precocious kids, like uh, kind of like movie stars or whatever, like Macaulay Culkin or Lindsay Lohan or these guys. You know, it's tough if you're if you're in the public eye as a kid and and you're getting talked about as the man or or the woman. It's uh, it's a lot of pressure. So it's no wonder some of them wilt and and, and only the very 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 best go on to make it you know um, speaking of someone Wilton talk to me about Harry Maguire's performance today lads against Leicester there what happened got got caught out um, for I think him and Little Love as a as a pair got caught out um, just with the sort of intelligent movement and the pace of Ianacho and, and Vardy. I think Vardy pulled onto that um, left hand side, which was surprising because that's where Juan Basaka hangs out. Like, and um, but he kind of got on the inside of Juan Basaka, and um, like he just went at Lindelof, and and it forced. Um, I think that they obviously highlighted Fred's weakness on the ball as well, because um, when United went out to that right-hand side and, and they were trying to play triangles out of the back and it was like when Fred got the ball it was a trigger to to press and he lost it so many times and then then you're in you know and, and Vardy and, and Iannaccio running in behind Maguire and Lindelof you know there's only going to be one result like um, and th- there was another couple of times even down the other side where Iannaccio was running at Maguire and he had to take him down I think he got a yellow card for that one Um yeah, they're 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 just not good enough. Neither of them are good enough. I think this whole narrative that Maguire is only bad when when Lindelof plays is is not true either. Like, I just think he's not. I, I mean, I saw a, a stat there that United let Johnny Evans go for three point six million or something and, and replaced him with Maguire, who was eighty million. Like, it's just and Johnny Evans there like today like. Every bit as good, if not better, than than Maguire. He, he was chasing after Martial. He was 
beating him to some balls. He was composed on possess- in possession, um, passing the ball around the back line. He knew when to clear it, and um, just a couple of times the, the decision making from from Maguire is it's, it's not world class by any stretch, and and I don't even know if it's if it's good enough for United. And certainly when that's your captain, you're um, Steve will tell you like you don't ever have confidence in them at the back when they're trying to press out or push out like that. It's <sighs> Manchester United sold Johnny Johnny Evans for three point six million and bought Harry Maguire for eighty five. And Johnny Evans is better and always has been better. Like and this gonna we always get we always get picked on <laughs> because we pick on Harry Maguire, especially the three of us and cousin Mud. Um, and Steve, but Steve's allowed to, he's a United fan. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm actually just sick of saying it, that he isn't good enough. And it wasn't just solely down to him today, like Fred's pass, Fred's lovely cushion ball for Inacho's first goal was, was brilliant, but unfortunately Inacho plays for Leicester. Um, so he was at fault, and, and, and the midfield, you know, Steve hates that midfield, he doesn't read it at all, but for them, for Man United to make the next step, like I think, I think, and I've said this enough times, they need a different manager. But player-wise, they need, they have to this summer, regardless of whatever else, they have to get another centre defender, another centre defender that is that is better than Harry Maguire, and you can maybe play Harry Maguire as a second defender, and he'd be all right. Don't get me wrong, he'd be good in there. But as your main man, it's just it's not going to do. They're not going to compete and win the major, major trophies with it. It's not going to happen. And until they see that, they're just going to be stuck where they are now. Now, they might finish second this season. Well, I'm well done with them. But the unfortunate thing is they're going to be 300 points behind Man City. So nobody cares. But, like, yeah. I don't know. If I was an yeah. fan, I'd be screaming for them to go and get an outstanding centre-half from somewhere in Europe or somewhere else in the Premier League, go and break the bank and get another centre-half. Okay, have someone in beside Harry Maguire that will take over that defence and, 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 and manhandle it. Varane, maybe? Possibly, yes. Don't know that Even Wesley Fofana looks like he's going to be some player. Like uh, He's a bit raw, but he has all the attributes to be a, a huge centre-half. You know, Champions League quality, for sure. Um, I think if someone could sort of hone his talents a bit, he could be a real asset for someone. He's a freak. Yeah. He's, so, he's so athletic. Uh He's great in the air, he's quick, he seems to read the game quite well. Um, he looks great and, and, you know, similar to what you guys are saying about McGuire, like I, I've always thought he's a pretty limited player as well. Uh, and I don't know any Manchester United fans that, that listen probably are sick of us banging on about how shite he is, but um, he's just, I think he's a victim of, of his price tag and being the most expensive defender in history. Like he, uh, yeah. He just doesn't really. Like he's a perfectly serviceable Premier League defender. He's just not the best defender in the world. And uh, I think Manchester United need to sign someone maybe uh, that might complement his skill set a wee bit because he, he he's he's pretty poor on the ball. Like he he's great sort of at set pieces and things, and uh, he seems to you know he can maybe play a cross field pass or something, but. Uh, his feet are strange. He he's just not he's just not elite an elite defender. And Leicester today just sort of exposed a lot of the weaknesses. And I know United are probably pretty tired, 
getting all the football they've played lately, but Leicester were class and uh, they've had a number of injuries, but their front three just their movement was very clever and you know, Ian Acho, Vardy and Perez they thought were, were, were great. Yeah, they they look uh they look like that break they had during the week with it no game because they were already the Europa League has done them more good Leicester. And now they'll have another one obviously with the national break coming up, but um if uh, like that that race for second You'd fancy Leicester, like, wouldn't you? Oh yeah, um, that based on that today, you definitely would. <laughs> um, and especially with the you know teams now that United are out of the FA Cup, um, and they're it's obviously very unlikely they're going to win the league. Um, Tocher hasn't won a trophy with them yet, so he'll be going definitely going for that Europa League, and and that could maybe cost United a few points in the league. You could see Leicester, obviously, have a couple of games in the in the FA Cup, possibly still to go. So um, that's going to take their attention. But you could see their their league form maybe being a bit better than United. So United could could suffer if they're resting a few. Um, but tell me this: Why Spurs went a one 0 Why does Carlos Vinicius? Constantly do that stupid celebration when he scores tappings. It's just his what, thing. Did, what did he do this time? He did that. He did that same stupid thing he does. He did it in that FA Cup game. Remember against oh, against Marine. Who, who was it there playing? Marine against Marine. He honestly scored from about a yard out, and he screamed and celebrated, and then did that stupid folded arms thing. Like it, oh, it should be yeah. embarrassing to score that goal. The Mbappe thing. Yeah, just, that was know, pretty just, poor. Just Spurs, isn't it? <laughs> well, I'm glad uh, we talked about how they're not doing well, and then they go and take the lead during our podcast. Fair play to them. T- excellent trolling, Tottenham. I'll give you that. Um, yeah, Brenton, Chelsea went through. They play Man City next. Um, what? How? How was today's game? Um, pretty, pretty um, uninspiring. Um. I think Chelsea probably, I think they looked tired. Um, Tuchel obviously sensed they were tired, I think he said after the game. didn't use it as an excuse before the game, but, but he said after the game that he could tell by during, during the week of training that they were tired from, from uh, uh, you know, the recent spell of games, obviously the two, two Atletico games and um, a couple of big games in the league. Um, so... It was just a get a result day today for Chelsea, and and they did do that and gain another clean sheet, which is absolutely remarkable. They're on a clean sheet, um, but yeah, they were um, there was wee periods where they were on top uh, in the first half. Certainly, that's where they got the goal. It was um, drilled in by Chilwell, and it took it a flash off Ollie Norwood, which was quite unfortunate for him. Um, I think it went down as an own goal, but. Uh, after that, Sheffield United, as I think it was said in commentary, this was kind of their last big game of the season because obviously they're going down now and there's nothing really else to fight for apart from just not being embarrassed when they get relegated. Um, but yeah, they, they gave it a go in the second half. They pushed players forward and uh, they were on the front foot. Chelsea did look tired. And it looked as if Sheffield United were going to get the equaliser. They had a couple of big chances. Um, McGoldrick headed wide from, from a couple of yards out. Don't know how 
Um, Kappa made a good save. Kappa's back in. Um, he made a good save. Kappa clean sheet, so that'll be good for for his confidence. Um, but then uh, Tudor used the five subs that he's allowed in the FA Cup and brought on some of the some of the big hitters. Um, and they combined for for the goal just to seal it at the end. Zayesh getting his goal again, um, like he did against Atletico. Uh, which is good to see him starting to hit a wee bit of form at this time of the season and Havertz as well. Um, as I said, he's off air. Seems like he's he's hitting a wee bit of form too. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, just a professional win for Chelsea. It'll be uh, uh, I think it'll be a very different story come come the semi final against Man City. But you know, at least they're there and, and anything can happen. Um, they're going to have a lot of a lot of big games in around that time, so that's that's when the squad will be tested. It's a good time for Chelsea to have a have a rest as much as you know as much as they can with some of the players going for international break. Could be could be quite the month, April for Chelsea. Could be could be two semi finals chucked in towards the end of it, uh, and a semi final FA Cup as well against Man City. Yeah, I mean as I think I said last week in the pod, um they have a couple of easier games on paper uh, in the league in between the Porto games, which is very helpful. Hopefully, they'll they'll get over the line in those games. Um, but then, as you say, like they've uh, Man City and in the semi final FA Cup, and hopefully they get through for the for the semi final of the Champions League as well. Like, and that is going to be probably combined with play, you know a tougher run in in the league. Um, like the West Ham to play Leicester, Man City, so um, that will be that will be a testing couple of weeks, and there and we'll see kind of what they're really made of. Give Man City, Arsenal, Leicester, uh, Aston Villa to finish off the league. Yeah, it's, it's not not exactly <laughs> easy, but the the idea obviously would be to to have it more or less confirmed at that stage. But I I, I mean. I don't think that's going to happen either because there's so many teams in contentions. You know, someone's bound to hit. There, there'll be a couple of teams probably hit runs of form in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's good to be, you know, involved in uh, many competitions at this stage of the season. So, um, I, I mean, before Tuchel came in, you would have been happy with the top four. Um, so it's good that they're they're in with a shot. It's always good to be in the latter stages of the Champions League. It's the it's the pinnacle for me, like. Yeah, that's what we're saying. At the start of the show, it's it's nice to to be in the crunch end of it. Like um, I, know I missed it last year when Liverpool obviously were knocked out. I think that'll possibly do us for this week. It, it's international no week, so when we're back next week. We'll maybe do like a sort of a mailbag type thing and a catch up, just basically what's been going on. And we'll obviously talk about the international break as well, and uh, a couple of good good games uh from Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland coming up. Um. I forgot Northern Ireland playing Italy party. That's just crept up me. It's wild. Yeah, um, yeah. It's gonna be a bloodbath. Like. <laughs> yeah, for Italy. Um, so that that'll be good. Um, and then we'll also be back next week, and we'll see what else we can produce and bring out uh, during the week on the Football Babble. Catch the Football Babble podcast across all your podcast apps. Just search for the Football Babble, and you'll find us. Same thing for your social media, Instagram, and Twitter. You'll get us there. And um, Brett, and the Patreon link is patreon.com forward slash football bobble
thanks to everyone that supports us in the Patreon. Um, if you haven't yet, but you can, uh, that'd be amazing. It's just one pound uh, sponsorship a month. So that's nothing. That's twelve pound a year. It's tiny, so um, everything helps us. Now we really appreciate everyone so far. It's been donating, and uh, long may continue. And um, we'll chat you again during the week. Good luck.